welcome back guys to another episode of Shades of Reality. On today's show, we have a very, very, very interesting guest by the name of Rance Peters. Rance is a architectural technologist. technologist. I got it right. Yeah. Did I get it <laughs> yeah, right? You did, you got it architectural right, yeah. technologist. technologist. I've never really, I've never heard of that. I'm going to say I haven't. But Rance is going to explain. Yeah. There's a difference between uh, about what there's, that is. There's architects, and architects primarily design. In fact, actually, architects are more interested in designing in materials. And now they use those materials to primarily design buildings, but they can use those materials to design anything. Now, the difference between a chartered architect and an architect is that a chartership is that you've gone through your ROBA basically own the name architect. And, and to be ROBA architect, you've got to go through the levels of chartership, diaries chartership through. You get your degree, after your degree, you've got to do your two years of diaries. Just like diaries. accountant. Yeah, or... it's the same as a chartered yeah. accountant. You're an accountant, but there's a difference in a chartered accountant. Yeah. Now, the difference is that when you work in big practices, big practices will do large um, multi-storey buildings, can be multi-storey office buildings, can be multi-storey apartment blocks, can be large developments. The, the developer or the or the business person will approach an architectural practice who have got a history in designing buildings and those buildings can be designed over years of time because of years of study. So the architects primarily will spend their lifetime um, going into designing buildings, um, concepts for different types of um, business people or different types of organisations. Now in that organisation, the lead person will be the architect and from the architect downwards, you have your, um, you'll have a group, you'll have a team around you, and that'll be primarily of um, architectural technologists that will work around the, the uh, chartered architect. Now, the chartered architect will get the commission, but primarily you won't do the work. We'll hand it down to the architects, the technicians, to do the work. Okay. He's got the main person that gets the commission, and that commission is bounced to him. Now, he will then pass it on, like a doctor will give a young doctor. Yeah. The work to do, but then the main doctor will be the. If there's a problem, you come to the main doctor, but the, the junior doctor's doing the work. Yeah. Same in architecture. It's the same in every it's, industry, I think. And so, yeah, but in architecture, they really do lean on the architectural technologists. Okay. Now, at the time when I left school. Oh, you've got to get paid in, good enough yeah. for that. Well, you get. Well, okay, there's different <laughs> sizes of practices, and there's different. All right, then. Different practices pay different amounts of money based on the different projects that you are working on. So, the bigger the commission, the bigger the practice. Uh, the better the team they've got, the more they can pay. And uh, they'll commission the architect, will probably get a percentage of the building, and then they'll be commissioned to run that building from A to F, which is a, a procedure of you get a brief, you do a feasibility, you do the designs, you do the concepts, you apply for the planning permission, you submit it, you get the planning permission, and then you start the real work, which is the building work on the ground. And then you start um, putting together the documentation. Now you'll do the elevations, the plans, the specifications for the builders. Now, 70% of this work is done before the building even starts. By the time the building starts, the public will see the building starting on site. The work and the drawings have already been completed before you can get to that. But the general public won't see any of that. It's hidden behind closed doors. Would that be years of planning and years? Years. Yeah. We can be on projects. Okay, Snow Hill, which probably was built in, I think, 2014, 15. We worked on Snow Hill in 1999. And that was done in 2014, 15. Where you've worked on Snow Hill, uh, TSB uh, building, Lloyd's Bank, TSB Lloyd's Bank. headquarters. Yeah, brilliant. I, I, in fact, for this is from this is Birmingham, guys. We'll this, get on to London. Yeah, after. this is. But, I, but primarily, I moved from Birmingham in 1999 to London. I started in. I left school in 1988, and um, straight at the gate, worked for a company called John Barnes Associates in Cornwall Row, mm -hmm. Calthorpe Estates. Calthorpe Estates. Um, we were designing shopping centres. 
And the reason I got that job because I could draw two, three years before I left school and they needed um, skilled technicians that could come in and start drawing. But my level of drawing was, was of a, probably a skilled architect of 10 years experience because I was drawing from the age of 10, 11, 12, 13. So by the time I left school at, at 16, I was good as, as probably most architects that had been working for 10 years. So I could auto, I could got, I got a job straight away. I got a job two, three months before I left school. Yeah, for, with a company called John Barnes Associates. And we were designing um, shopping centres in Manchester, Sheffield, Leeds, from the, from the from before I even left school, I got the job. And then after that, a couple of months there, about a year, I worked with another architectural practice called St Paul's Design. And then we started doing things with bread steakhouses. We did stuff in, in fact, they, they literally owned Blackpool. So we did stuff in Blackpool. We did bowling alleys. We did banks. We did offices. So you actually designed... It was designing these. I had amazing, amazing people that believed in me, amazing people that gave me a chance to work in architectural practices from the age of 16. And going there and with the talent I had as, a, as, a, as, 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 as an architect, be able to hold my own with senior guys and be able to draw with them because I love drawing and anything I could draw, I was in. That's so it. basically, you had a an environment which nurtured your skills from the age of and about, your passions yeah, from, from a young the age, age of about 10. which is very important. Yeah, and I was drawing from 10 because I thought, okay, I wanted to be a footballer, but I wasn't good enough. I was quick and I love football. Like most young boys. Yeah, and everybody wants to be, even now everybody wants to be a footballer. But footballer, I, rapper, entertainer. Rapper, entertainer. And, but, but, but you was led into those things because right, the core skill was your fastest skill, you're fast, you're, you're quick, you're skillful, and we're on the street playing football. So that's what we did. We were on the street playing football all day, all the, from the morning till night, till, the, till sun up till sundown, we played football. And then I steered into, at the time, hip-hop was taking off in the early 80s. 80s, yeah. And Boogie Down production. And it was Boogie Down and it was uh, New York rappers and it was graffiti. And I saw young graffiti artists spraying on walls. And me as a little rogue was out on the street all day long got a spray cans with my friends and we got into um, spraying on walls and doing graffiti because we copied what the Americans, Americans were doing. Were doing. And Which we, we still do. We have we the culture still. Yeah, still but we, would, we, would, we yeah. were doing this on sports halls. We were doing this on motorways. We then got into tagging and we used to tag and spray tag bosses and meet with other groups of people around Birmingham spraying, tagging out in our own names. And we were big. We were really, really, really big. And we tagged everywhere. And our school books were just tagged from front to back. And it got me into, strangely enough, graffiti and hip-hop got me into architecture in a way where I can, even to the day now, if I'm 88... You can never... ..from now, still. And I've, I'm doing what I was a young kid doing in the, in the like 70s, early 80s to now. I'm exactly doing the same thing I was doing then. Amazing. In fact, no different. no different. In fact, all I've done is held a pen and draw. And because I was ahead of my time in the drawing, because that's what I used to do, so doodle and draw, I mean, get people to draw comics for them. I used to draw on walls, draw ceilings, and everything. And then when I got into that, that led me into work and allowed me to get the economics to work and get an income from day one. Mm -hmm. And what that did is allow me to work with architects and see how they work, see how they work on projects and be involved in projects that I would never have got in a million years of if I didn't have that talent for drawing. And because I had that talent for drawing and I needed someone to, to help in their core group and lead their teams up, I was running teams from the age of 18, 19, running teams because of my skill of being able to draw. That was nurtured and, and brought through yeah. through then. I've got a lot of friends that were doing other things. And we actually started, a group of people actually started, at, um, when we started at Hall Green 
in 88 and there was loads of my friends and they all just wanted a it was a YTS at the time and uh, we started on a YTS but I'd already had a job so the minute I got on a YTS I was given a full-time job immediately because I goes, you've got a full-time job you don't need to train you know what you're doing we're going to give you a job for the get-go but all my friends wanted a day off to go to college so we had a day off to go yeah. to college it was just a day off work because we were straight at school and I was still in that school mindset but I was working with the big boys and then from then, I got the death of college and it was loads of my friends and it was predominantly full of black guys, actually, who wanted to be architects. But they wanted to be architects because they could... Um, it was a good career to get into. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were all into construction. So he was either going to be a bricklayer, a plasterer, electrician, or a... Not even a surveyor, because they wanted working-class people doing working-class things. So my... my um, uh, Actually, in fact, actually, my careers teacher said to me, why don't you just be a plasterer? And he was telling me to be a plasterer when I'd already got a job as an architectural practice. Mm. I'm like, well, you're trying to be a plasterer. And my dad was a plasterer, so there's nothing wrong being That's a plasterer. Right. Yeah. My dad was a plasterer from day one, and I'd worked with my uncles and doing plastering. So I thought, I'm already under I understand building, but I understand the drawing side of it, and I wanted to get into being able to draw the buildings that I was drawing on. And funny enough, within a, a year of graffitiing on buildings, I was drawing those buildings and drawing from um, um, civil engineering, motorways, shopping centres, all sorts, and it was brilliant. And honestly, from 88 till today, I've done nothing different. Tell us a bit about... I've done nothing different, and I've just been all over, doing everything as a little kid, being a little kid, as a grown man, still having doing that same thing. young energy from then, and just, it's, it's not, I can't even, even call it work. It's more like you it's enjoy... It's not work. I would have done... This is part of if, I wasn't get, if I wasn't paid to do it, I'd have done it anyway. Anyway, yeah. Because that's what I was doing. But I just happened to have a passion, love it, and do it, and then help me take me abroad. I've done stuff in the West Indies. I've done stuff in London. I've done stuff all over, and purely because I can draw. And even today, when computers have taken over, I still you have to still... do sketches and drawing, and it's led me to do stuff I would have never, ever, ever got in a million miles of if I wasn't have the passion for drawing and, and do what I love doing and maintain that. And it's all about maintaining what you love doing and keeping yeah. on to that. Definitely. And a lot of the guys that I started with that were... Uh, they weren't, weren't more talented. There's not... Because the talent isn't... The, the, talent is actually a myth. Mm. What talent is is that you've got to do 2,000 hours in doing what you love and stick to it. And if you can concentrate and stick to it, you, you, you don't actually become talented. You just home in on that skill and you keep doing it. You become a master at it. Yeah, and you, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep yeah. doing it until you become good. It's not talent, it's but a it's, master it's, at it. It's what, you, what you do, you're working on your mistakes. Yeah. And your mistakes, you keep working on, your mistakes then become perfection. Yeah. Because you, re you realise not what to do, but what you should be doing. If you're learning and reflecting, some people don't learn, some people don't reflect. Yeah, because... And put it into practice, so yeah, I think that's and, and, and what people like to do, they, they have... They, 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 they're told when they make a mistake, they hide it. Mm -hmm. No, when you take a mistake, you're supposed to work on that yeah. mistake. And take or a lot of them have dealt with a lot of trauma in the past where they've been told they're not yeah. good enough, so... Yeah, and, and a lot of people are told, yeah. But, but, to, but a lot of people yeah. are told that, and it's who they're surrounded by. Listen, we're all yeah. told we weren't good enough. Definitely. We're all told we're not... We're all, we're all told we're not good enough. It's how you let you affect you as a mindset. It is, but... Also, who's surrounding you? hundred yeah, percent. So, so you're gonna hear these voices that you're not good enough. Yeah. And you're gonna hear the voices of the. You're gonna hear the voices that you're not good enough, and you're gonna hear the voices of the people that love you, and you got the people that support you. And it's it's the overpowering voices that you listen to that are gonna guide you. Sometimes the people that are supposed to love you or you expect to love you, i.e., family, friends, and stuff, are the people yeah. saying that you're not good enough, or are the people that yeah. don't. Yeah, but they can be They a lot of the time mimicking what's told to them. Yeah, no, definitely, it's all part yeah. of society's yeah. construction. Yeah, um, and they're not feeling loved. 
and then they're going to pass on that on love to you. It's generational. And, 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 and then you, as yeah. a group, you, we normalise yeah. it and internalise yeah, it. Yeah, because it compacts. It's it, it, yeah. it, it, it accelerate because when things are going bad, they accelerate going bad. Yeah. When they go good, they accelerate going good. Yeah. So it depends what zone you're following. Yeah. But you must. You, you, all right, by being told you're not good enough, you're going to have to build up a resilience to that. Yeah. And are you going to believe you're not good enough and follow that? Or are you going to believe that, no, I am good enough because I've listened to the voices of the people that really, really love you. Believe me and must and support myself. you. And they're going to, and they're going to impact on yeah. you and they're going to steer your life in that particular direction. I've been lucky enough to have those people surround me. I've got people that I've known since four or five um, help collaborating with me that. and um, working and with me, that. working for me and um, volunteering as well. Yeah, you know, and you, that, and you need that community of people around you that are going to support you. New and old, yeah, and I think that um, it, yeah. um, it's very important. I want to go on to one of your biggest projects in Birmingham, mm. not in general in Birmingham, which is, in my perspective, my opinion, Brindley Place because Brindley Place a, was a masterstroke. It is a tourist attraction in yeah, the UK. It really is. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. All right. Yeah, let me let me Brindley. tell you how Brindley Place is Brindley Place and. Yes, he Broad helped Street. design Brinley Place. Brinley Place and Broad Street. We, when I started, um, when I left school in 1988 and I worked for John Bonds Associates in 1988 to 1999, by 1990, I was working for a company called um, St Paul's Design. And we were based in um, uh, Morville Street, which is in yeah. the heart of Ladywood. Yeah. Um, and at that place, that time, was the place was Where a dive. Where I was born, yeah, the place, in the 80s. The place was a dive, Lady was a dive. Yes. Is it and still it a dive? Just... I, have, I don't really come into no, Birmingham if I don't they've, have they've, to. They've, um, it's been regenerated. It looks nice. When, I'm, when I've drove really past hard. or when I've gone on the tram, it looks... I am impressed by it the changed. way they've done Birmingham yeah. coming in through Broad Street. Yeah. But it was like that in the... We had trams before the buses. Yeah, well, we, the, the trams back that to the 1700s, 1800s, yeah. 1900s, and and then they basically just fell to the wayside. They've brought them back because they've brought them back because if you go into the library and central library and you look at the historical trams in Cornwall Row specifically, in in fact, Lloyd's Lloyd's headquarters in Cornwall Row is Cornwall Row number one, which I worked on in London for Civil Gibson Partnership, mm -hmm. which is ironic because um, I. Had to go to London to end up to work on major projects in the city centre of Birmingham, which is mad because we couldn't work on anything in the city centre of Birmingham in architectural practices in the middle because they just weren't deemed big enough, they just weren't deemed educated enough. Considering deemed, we were like the, one of the main they, they, industrial yeah, part of the industrial revolution as yeah, well as Manchester. They wouldn't, they wouldn't trust designers in Birmingham to work on things in Birmingham, which is crazy. Yeah. And going to London then realised that, well, we want you to... Because I was um, studying and working on high-rise um, construction, mm -hmm. high-rise architecture, and that's through um, having an interest in tower blocks. Tower blocks, when I was smaller, spraying on the walls. Yeah. And that got Going me into... graffiti days. That got me into high-rise construction. OK. So the only reason I got on high-rise construction was because I was spraying on those buildings. We were having parties in those buildings. We were kicking the walls down and breaking the lifts. That got me to understand the mechanics of these buildings and how they work. I worked on high-rise constructions, I work on these lifts, I work in construction, I work in deconstructionism, I've worked on high worked on massive buildings, and that was from my upbringing. So my upbringing of, of graffiti and running around in these tower blocks and having parties in these tower blocks schooled me into the organisation, the understanding and mechanics of these buildings, then being able to be an expert and working on them. It gave me that innate knowledge. So I think that a lot of 
people in the Midlands that are highly, highly, highly talented. Mm -hmm. There's no question mm -hmm. that we're talented in music, running, we're talented in building, we're talented in architecture, we're talented in all these things. But, but, if, but if these things are not realise because the push me pull you it's the environment someone's got to see someone's got to see someone's that you're see that you're definitely. that you're talented at that and then people are going to want to give you a chance definitely. and see that you want to give yourself a chance mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people that that help me that still happen me today i've got a lot of people around me helping me in all walks of different areas of life are these people been there since, since the brindley place since day one since, since you're talking at did you enjoy working on brindley place in place is phenomenal number six, working on the models, working on... We, 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 one, one of the biggest buildings we worked on was the Royal Bank of Scotland building. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the, the biggest building in Brindley Place at the time. Mm -hmm. And then we used to work on crazy enough modelling. We used to do architectural modelling. And we modelled these buildings from cardboard cardboard drawing sketches and the sketches led to designs and the designs led to, to drawings the drawings led to computer drawings and we and it, and it, and it more through the time and um my job was to um have a recce on these buildings so i used to come in and go okay Rance, what do you think of this building and um i was into um people like taylor wando um who were deconstructionist architects for Japanese that worked on deconstructionist. Birmingham was built on deconstructionism mm -hmm. in the high-rise tower buildings yeah. that were built in the 50s and 60s and the 70s. And that they were very modern buildings, but that were put in, the immigrants were put in, poor immigrant and working class, but they didn't realise at the time that um, they were actually in highly modern buildings at the time, but they were, they were almost shoved into them. Yeah. And because we were shoved into them at a time where we were kind of really where first and second generation diaspora, first and second, third generation Windrush um, in working class industries where the jobs that we came for, uh, obviously when my, 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 my dad came to uh, the country in the 60s, he worked at ICI, he worked in factories, he worked at Rover. And a lot of those uh, factories were closing down in the 70s. So the employment levels of black people, in fact, the employment level is black people in 1972 are better than the employment of levels of black people in 2023. Mm -hmm. Would you say, well, because of the, the industrialisation um, and the industrialisation of the buildings that, and, and the industrialisation that has now been moved abroad yeah. and those jobs have moved abroad. So the jobs that we primarily came in Windrush to do are actually disappearing before our very eyes. And in those buildings that I've worked on, i.e. in Brindley Place or i.e. In, in Moorville Street, are the old industrial buildings that have no use anymore, that are turned now into apartment buildings, that are turned into uh, offices, that are turned into flats, that the banks now have acquired these um, derelict buildings, these cheap buildings, acquired them, brought them out, and then change them. them. So yeah. while they've changed them, the era's changed. Now, because we're very working class people, we haven't had time to change with the era that it's changed so quickly, because it's changed overnight. And we needed to adapt our education and our schooling and our direction of where we're going and the people around us and where it's heading to go. Because you can steer that next generation into where it's going to be, not where it is now, mm -hmm. and not where it was before, because it's going to change. And they're going to change, and they're going to employ people like me to change it. Yeah. So by the time we're changing it, it's moving and if you're still in the post-industrial way of thinking you're finished because in that new era it's not for you do you think that's where the culture's gone wrong because we need we, today, what, what we've had what we've had is that we've had big unemployment within the black community as well especially but, we, but we've not been we, we need to be taught 
for the new industries and where the new industries are going and how we fit in those new industries. Because remember when Greenbush came, we fitted into the deconstruction or the demoralization of the country that was burnt down and, and, and smashed from World War II. And then in, in that colonial era that we were brought in to build the country back, mm -hmm. we then moved into the post-modernist uh, industrial era, of which we're ideal for, yep. but now we're moving into the information age. Yep, age of information. Yeah, and that information age doesn't need people that work at Rover so much, the people that work... We, we, OK, Rover's... workers... The, 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 yeah. the, the, you can build a car now with less people. You can build a car... think it's more technology-based now? Or you can build a car with robots in the, in the early 80s, and it's changed now, so you don't need so many people to build the same cars anymore, and you can morph that into in, uh, basically technology. So it's less people, so where do we go now from now? We've got, we've got to change the education at school. Yeah. And then, it, all right, then... From a young lad at school, by 14, I was always, always already getting ready to, to go into architecture where they needed people like yeah. me to draw. They needed them and there weren't enough of them. What do you think is going wrong with the education system today and the culture? Well, the education system is archaic. And the education system does not prepare you... All right, the education system, at the minute, in schooling, does not prepare you just to be an architect. Mm -hmm. doesn't even show you how to be one. You can't be one. The people that were around me showing me the steps to take and navigate through one... I'd have been a plaster or I'd have been a binman. And there's nothing wrong with being a binman. Mm -hmm. But the binman wouldn't let me design Brindley Place, wouldn't let me yeah. design Lloyd's Building, it's wouldn't let me design wanna... Patanassa Square in London, wouldn't take me abroad, wouldn't get me uh, kids in private school, wouldn't get me education, wouldn't get me in business, wouldn't get me in banking, wouldn't get me in a lot of things. It would get me as a working class. And that's where I've come from mm -hmm. and that's where I know and there's nothing wrong with that. No. But in terms of where the country is now at, and the time where the country's now going and the high unemployment rates and the high level of drugs, which is taken over. I mean, you know, you're more likely going to get a young child now come up to me and go, I can be a drug dealer and then as much as you, as why don't you come to me and ask me how to be an architect? They'll ask me how to be a drug dealer and say, you could be a drug dealer. Well, no, and, and there's too much of that. No, there's do more people. That's part that's of the culture, that. though. Um, what oh, do you, no, no, where because, do you think that comes because, from? Because young white boys are just uh, will be selling drugs and weed. It's a culture, as, as much yeah. As, as white boys and much yeah, as Asian boys definitely. will. But why is that taken over? Why do you want to be a drug dealer more than you want to be an architect? Why do you want to? Do, why do you want to be a, a developer? Environment. Be... And I think the music and the entertainment and what we're seeing online, over. our focus, our algorithm yeah. is promotes yeah. that. Most yeah. girls want to be yeah. influencers half, you know, if you want to dress half naked online and express yeah, your sexuality, they, well, right, that's they, up to you. Uh, I mean, I'm they, not saying that, you know, it's good or yeah. bad. Well, 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 they, all right then, the... the Young boys want to hip -hop culture, be hip-hop hip -hop and hip -hop, chains and... Hip-hop culture is 50 years old. 50 years old. So is the porn and industry it, a yeah, bit longer than that as well, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> longer. But, 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 all right, the hip-hop industry is 50 years old. How many rappers are there? How many rappers are there that have made it and designing big buildings and going on to own oh, even yeah. record labels? And probably one or two, Snoop yeah. Dogg and probably Jay-Z. Yeah. But they own sub-labels. They own sub-labels. What sub about becoming an artist, um, a singer, songa, sing, songwriter, well, you can be an, all right, entertainer, then, I, I, I've got, actress? All right, then let me, let me put it this way. I love football and I wanted to be a footballer. Or even footballer. And um, a lot of my friends and peers were footballers. How many are our managers now? How many are coaches? How many are directors? How many are owners of football What's clubs? What if they don't want to do that or take on that challenge because it's a bit too well, much Well, everybody wants to be a footballer, wants to own his own football club or wants to be the head man, but they don't get that chance because... Do you think? Yeah, they do. Majority of yeah, them. Yeah, they do. No, they you've all do. Had, you've got a 
family member used to play? Yeah, yeah, my, my, my brother Mark used to play for Aston Villa. Aston Villa, yeah. In played for England, schoolboy yeah. level from the age of... Um, so you're quite familiar team. with the I'm football? I'm very much into football. I've got friends that play for professional football. Paul Devlin played for uh, Birmingham City. So I've got a lot of friends. Would you football. like your son to be a footballer? No way. I don't even let him play football. OK, interesting. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't want him to be a footballer. If you said to me, I want to invest in a football club, or want okay. to be a director, or want to own a football club, then we can have a so conversation. the business mindset but you're talking about, the business. in terms of being a footballer yeah. and running around with short time that you're going to retire at the age of 13, you've got more life being retired than you're outplayed, if you make it, if you make it. And a lot of, and I, and I talk to a lot of ex-footballers, because um, I go to a lot of VIP, I get invited. In fact, funny enough, I get invited to a lot of VIP areas. Because and of I, and because, because of football, I've been to Birmingham City, Liverpool, Aston Villa, and I've sat down with a lot of ex-black footballers, a lot mm -hmm. that wished that they- It's all over the country. Manchester, London, mm -hmm. Birmingham, yeah. Liverpool, and I sit down with them, and they thought, and they think that no, I'm a footballer, and I go, no, I'm not a footballer, because but you're in the director's box, and you're in it because because I've been invited. Through, they want to know how we're going to design this building. They want there's a business, there's a business opportunity in football, and I've been invited to look at it from many different levels because they usually need an architect or they need a developer and they're looking at certain things and they always invite me along. And then when I see then the footballers that are there, and I used to want to be a footballer, and I sit around the table with the director, sit around the table at the um, at high levels, and they're asking me what they want to do in terms of design, and they're asking certain things about how you want to get involved in football. It's from a business point of view. And now I'm in involved in football from a business point of view, and the footballers that were there are there because I've got the free VIP and another on the outside looking in, mm -hmm. wondering how are you there? And I'm not, then they're not there. And I'm not into, I'm not a footballer. I'm not into football, but I'm heavily involved in looking at a, a few football clubs at the minute and different investment vehicles and different things that are going on. And we've looked at lots of different clubs, lots of different things, lots of different designs. And the opportunity of getting out in football now is very, very different to where it was before. A lot of things I'm not really going to talk about at the minute, but we're heavily involved in a lot of things, heavily. And that's not through being a footballer. That's through being being involved in architecture and being involved in building has got me involved in areas where I would have never been involved in. Yeah. And I can now talk to these guys on a different level. And they all say to me, we, we, I used to watch people like Mark Walters, you know, uh, John Barnes, um, uh, Bruce Grubbler. The legend uh, And I've sat down and chatted with them and they're like, wow, you do architecture. Wow, you're involved in here. Wow, you... And, and a lot of footballers have stopped and asked me, how do you, are you an agent? Are you, no, 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 I've come to, I've been asked to come to look at different levels of involvement in the football. And it, it's, they wanted to get involved in the other side, because what parts of football, you know, football is now a business. Yeah. That, that has captured footballers to play football for the business. Yeah. And the football part of business is only one part of the business. I've sat down with the old bank like we've got into football now, we've come yeah, well, away from architecture. It, 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 well, architecture involves in everything. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's a building and you're going to spend all of your life in a building, between coming out of the car and going to another building, in a building. So all your life will be spent in a building. So you, buildings are important. Buildings are important. Yeah, so, so, so building was... Wouldn't be here doing you wouldn't this be, now. You're in a building now. You're going to go like to you. another building. So when you go to a building, you need to be involved in the people that are in building and yeah. the experts around building to be involved in building and the people they're going to go... Because if if, before a building even gets off the ground, they're calling somebody about myself to have a look at the building before it even gets it off gets the ground. So my involvement with building could be from a funding point of view, 
a construction point of view, a consultancy point of view, a drawing point of view, an investment point of view, a contracting point of view, a building point of view, but a building point of view, because I've been involved in buildings since 1988, and it's a lot of years, so they're going to ask me way before anybody gets near that building. But why it's an idea, they're calling me. Growing up in Birmingham as a young black boy, I'm from Birmingham as a young black girl. Um, as you know, the Midlands has got the biggest um, Caribbean community within the UK. Yeah. I don't know if it still has, but it is. I've been told of that, yeah, it's one yeah. of the biggest, or um, if not the biggest. The UK now, up until 2017, has, within the black Afro-Caribbean community, 63% of lone parents, which has a big impact on how we raised, yeah. poverty, gang culture, crime, and social behaviour. It's got worse from when you were born. Yeah, massively. Um, and growing up. Yeah, we started off, there were, people were... Do you think that bats. has a lot to do with um, no, the unemploy no. unemployment rate within black... The, 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 within the black um, community? The, the, the... Making it harder for us to access certain things, well, such as resources it, it, and education, it, it, because of our, it's, it's our disadvantages. It's, 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 a lot of it's political. And um, the era, the politics, um, the, the information, policies, and well, a lot of the policies impact on us yeah. from a architecture point of view. Um, I've done a lot of work in London, uh, in Hackney, Brixton, Camberwell, well, all over London. Yeah. And I specifically has to go down there to look at areas of large black Afro Caribbean areas mm -hmm. to look at the poor housing of black and Afro-Caribbean people and how that can be solved mm -hmm. uh, by improving the density, improving the accommodation, improving the conditions. And a lot of things I've seen have been uh, horrific. The conditions that I've seen, immigrants, black people living in the Midlands, living in London, is beyond third world. Beyond how, do we third get, world. how do we get there and how do we get out? As get, a successful get, man it, it, from it's Birmingham. It's getting in. It's the hardest thing is getting out. Yeah. It's getting out of it's harder than getting in. It's easier to get in because you're introduced to that. You're getting out is even harder because once you're in, you're in poor housing, poor health, uh, poor education, poor schooling, um, a lot of racism, a lot of poverty. The racism, the racism and the poverty kind of go hand in hand. And, yeah. And you've got to get, a, you've got to steer out of that. You've got to steer, you've got, you, you've got to get people that are going to be around you, dragging you out of it, if not pulling you out of it. Because you can't be told, you, you can't be told, oh, it's good and this is better for you. You've got to be dragged out, literally. And That's you need to have people around you that are going to help that, you. saying um, that, American economist by the name of Malta E. Williams and Thomas Sewell, they're one of my favourites. Mm. They were brought up in 1930s Harlem. You know, no hot water, no heating. You know, in poverty. Mm. But they've um, got into becoming you know, one of the most influential and popular black economists today. Yeah, read a bit about him. They don't, they yeah, think it's a mindset, they think it's an environment. They say it's, the odds are against you're, you're, us. You're, they are, because the, your your environment will impact it's a culture. on your thinking, yeah. it will impact on your direction, your behaviour. He was brought up in poverty. His family never had no money, but they believed in him. That's something you said earlier. Yeah, you, it wasn't about in, yeah. the materialism yeah. they had. For, for instance, it's you, about could, the you, could, you, could, you could work, you could live in Hackney on the Rivermead estate and you could have applied for a job as an architect yeah. in architectural practice. I've worked in London yeah. and they'd get your CV, look at it and go, Hackney, let's throw it away. 
name, there's all name biases. I've been a victim yeah, of that. Uh, you of my can, name's you, I've, I've, I've worked in practices and I, I, obviously I've, I've been around a lot of people that have helped me and steered me and guided me. And I have, I have sat and recruited and sat down recruitment teams and HR and they've seen where the CV has come from mm -hmm. and you ain't getting that job. Yeah. How do we... You ain't getting that job. How do we... You ain't getting, it ain't getting looked at. How does a person... Because an HR person doesn't believe that people from those areas can be applying for the job. So how do we fight through that gone. discrimination? Well, that... How do that, we that, prove that, ourselves it, it, to... Well, well that, discri that discrimination is in all forms and is a gene and it ain't going anywhere. No. Now, what you've got to do is that it, it, it takes then... Communities have got to look inward. Mm-hmm. And I've got to look inward and got to look at where the talent is because the talent is undoubtedly there. It's not, mm -hmm. a, it's not a question, it's not a, it's an answer, yeah. it's there. But if that talent doesn't get realised, yeah. that talent doesn't yeah. get... Because you've got to... A lot of youngsters come to me and they want to get into the industry, but they haven't got the dedication. And it, I think we need you, more youngsters need getting into being in the, political uh, power, being involved in the buildings, not involved yeah. in just sitting in there and holding meetings, being yeah. ownership. So yeah. We need to yeah. focus well, our well, you see, attention. Well, you see, um, you, you'll go on a lot of building sites now, and I've gone on a lot of building sites, and it is spot the black. Fact. Which I don't think it's a good thing, because yeah. if we go into an entertainment, it's, 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 DJs, modelling, anything to do with yeah. entertaining others, we're the most, yeah. we're the most creative, yeah. we're the first ones to be yeah. there when I've it comes gone to on, entertainment. I've gone on, I've gone on, I've gone on, I've gone on When it comes sites. to building yeah, and it's about the black. teaching and nursing, and Africans dominate mm. nursing, mm. it was Caribbean back then, but I think as I work in healthcare, um, as a healthcare professional, I believe it's more Africans now dominating and other immigrants. Yeah. I think that there's not enough of us because in like political Africans, positions to make a difference. Yeah, yeah like the Africans are invited over here because the pay is better. Build our own communities. A lot of Africans are invited over here because the pay is better here than it is in Africa. Yeah, definitely. So it's a kind of migrating from Africa to here. It's a culture. It's yeah. not a black thing, but it's the, a culture. The, the same way black nurses were brought over here yeah, to do definitely. nursing. My nam was a nurse yeah, on my dad's and, side. And my mum's so. a nurse and a lot of yeah. my friends are nurses. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what we got to understand and realise is that... If we want greater power, we've got to shift our mindset to want yeah, greater yeah. power. And, and we also got to look inward. And, and, and I think we need to... A lot of the black community need to spot the talent. Yeah. They need to nurture that, find where that talent is. Without nurture. being biased, there's a lot of... Bi yeah, I think but that then, comes but then put that, human put that talent nature, in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Because if that talent is not put in the right areas and in the right direction, it's not going to no. help them. No, or the generations to come. Right, it's not going to help you, yourself. It's not going to help the, the, the circle around you. It's not going to help the community and it's not going to help wider culture. No. And it's not going to help the wider country. Yeah. So by the country, one, ignoring that talent, the country's worse off, number one. Um... The person is worse off, mm -hmm. number two. The culture's worse off, number yeah. three. And the environment is worse off, yeah. number four. We need and, talent that builds and it's, on it's, our it's, communities. It's, it's reciprocal. So when I've, gone on building, when I've gone on building sites and it is spot the black. Which is not... I, 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 I feel sad because... It's very sad. It, it's got worse. Sad. I've worked on building sites. You go into law form, you go into a court of law, it's, not, it's a white yeah, it's, woman it's, judging, yeah, you go into, yeah, like... Yeah. Certain positions like social work, you mm. know, you see a lot of certain managers as black, but you know, the head, the commissioner, what I find, same what, with the NHS, what, there's not enough. What, what, what I find a lot of as well is that black it, British, it's, it's easier for a young black boy to go into music because he sees other black people in music yeah. 
And Swinging their chains, like, talking about how low women are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's in half naked. And, but that's why that I got into, to our broken homes. But that's another conversation. Yeah, but, that, but that's why I got into. <laughs> I did boxing. I did football, and I got into those things that they would normally put you in because I think, oh, you're black, you're good at that. Don't you do it? Yeah. Um, but I was good at architecture. But no one's going to say you're good at architecture. You're black. They go, no, you're good at running, run. They're good at boxing, box. Good at, and that, that, that's the, the same thing happened with me. But I had to then consciously steer away Ooh, from that I had to, I had to, to I, make your own decision. I had to give my own head a wobble and go yeah. I know you I know that's what you're good at but you're better at this. this so look at what you're good at and put the blinkers on and continue to do that and it, it's helped me till today it really has and I can only thank one god to the people around me and three of the people that kind of pulled me up and dragged me up yeah. and out me. And now I'm, I'm working with the people and, 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 and because I've got that core group of people around me, people go, how do you get into marketing? Because of the people around me, because they're environment. great. And, environment happens yeah. and I've got a golden yeah. thread throughout yeah, all my interviews. It it's an environmental factor more yeah. than a genetic yeah. factor. And, and, how, and, how, can so you, and how can you also help? Because yeah. rather than knock somebody down and tell them not, what they're not good at. Well, you tell them what they're good, what at, they're good and at and what they can achieve and what they can do. And rather than say, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that, and you're going to, because you're going to just only be, it's only going to compound what you're probably already hearing and compound what I actually hear. We, we had a building site. Well, in fact, we, we, did, we had a building site. We were building this restaurant. And uh, we got three of my friends' sons to come and work on the um, building site. And um, when we did, uh, the youngsters, one of the school teachers was walking past and thought, how are you working here? Like, we didn't think you'd do anything. And how are you doing this? And it was like, well, he's working for me. He's working for my firm. We're doing the construction. And he's working on this firm. And, and the, the teacher was just astonished. They've gone, well, we found a need for him, a use for him, something he likes doing, yeah. and something he can work at in a core group of people that are supportive around him mm -hmm. and that can help. And it's all about encouraging, encouraging. supporting. And, and would, is that a stance from a father? Because you're a father, an architect. You've got to encourage. Profession. It's just yeah. overall, Everything. you've got to encourage you've and got nurture. To, I, I've got a daughter that um, runs for Bertrand Harriers. She's just starting university. She's a complete go-getter and an absolute So star. she wants to be a runner? And she, Yeah, she's a runner already. And she yeah. wants to actually be, I think it's a doctor or a lawyer. No, actually a barrister or a lawyer in international. She wants to work for the United Nations. And what? What, all, all I do is encourage. What would your message, because we have to wrap it up now, guys, it was a very interesting conversation. We haven't even touched on anything, but we touched on a few things. We touched, we touched on, on bits, bits, bits. Next what, time. What, what I would say, sorry, you were saying? No, just what would your, be your message for the youngsters of today, um, as a family man as well, yeah. parents of I, today, I would, I would say, to, you yeah, know, I, encourage with, their with my, with children. My, I'm going to end up Especially from Birmingham, because, as you yeah. know, it's low economic... Yeah, it's, it's hard here. It's, it's hard. It's hard. With my son, who's 12, and my daughter, who's just turned 19, we don't know where the 19 years are gone, you've got to encourage. You've got to love them, encourage them, and make them know that 100,000% you got their back no matter what. To allow them to steer away from the noise, steer away from the BS. Mm -hmm. They don't have to worry about trying to be black, trying to be ghetto, trying to be... Forget that. Yeah. You, you forget that. You don't have to prove you get out of nobody. You don't have to be like... No, no, no. It's no, a social construct. It is a con. It's yeah, a con. it's a construct. What are you going to concentrate on? Stereotype. We totally, don't want it. And, 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 and as I say, forget, cancel out the noise. I'm a woman before I'm black. You know, yeah. Black women should be this way. Yeah. Black women don't my, need my to be anyway. They just my, need to be who my, they my, are my daughter as an individual. Is, Phenomenal at swimming. Yeah. Most people go, black people swim like you. Yeah, she's, Do you know what That's what someone said. I'm sure it was you. You go swimming, you're him. Yeah. No, when I said, yeah. you asked me a yeah. question, my, I said, my yeah. daughter is, I a go swimming. is a but, phenomenal swimmer. Yeah. 
and we taught us swimming deliberately from the age of three to be able to yeah. swim. I said to her, you're not, if you don't learn to swim, you're not going to Jamaica on holiday. She learned to swim within the, within the weeks because she wanted to go to Jamaica on holiday. And then when that helped her, because we were in Jamaica one time and we came off the the, uh, the boat and it was in the sea and she's like, yeah, Dad, let's just swim, let's swim for the sea. We, we, we swim for the we, we swim for the beach. Encourage, she encourage, she got to encourage, 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 because once they've got that in their DNA and they've got that belief and that love behind them, they can conquer and do anything because they haven't got that negative stereotype that's trying to bring them down. Because it will try and bring them down. You just don't listen yeah. to that noise. I'm gonna have to wrap it up. Yeah, sorry because I've just gone over time and yes, no problem. Of the 99th, <laughs> that's but good. There's no, never time. Another time. Speak on more the future projects. Oh, I'd just like to shout out to um, Company in South London, The Green Print, www.thegreenprint.co.uk. They specialise in exterior and interior okay. maintenance on property and all Oof. of a niceness. So if you want to go online and get to uh, them, them, Instagram out. as well. Um, and there's loads of others that I can't mention them right now. I have to top my head. To too many to go into, but yeah. Encouragement. They're based in South head, London, www.thegreenprint.co.uk. Thank you, Rance, for, you for sharing your experiences oh, and your expertise you. and profession with us. Well, and hopes you. it will inspire other young thank people, you. especially from black community, yeah, uh, to encourage. be involved in creating I, 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 and sustaining I, I, in the creative and having power. In the creative industries, do what you're good at. Keep focused, keep determined, surround yourself with good people, don't listen to any of the noise and you continue on and prosper and just listen to the prosperity and and because it's there it's, it's there, there for the, it's there to take it's yeah. there like if you don't do it you're not going to get it but if you put yourself out there there's there's too many things out there there's too many opportunities block out the noise and starve your distractions in 2023 that's what i say thank you thank you guys